Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. How's the weather your way? It's beautiful. It's 82, and I'm trying to spend as much time outside as possible. This you? is like the not incredibly too hot weather right now, right? Yeah, like this is like the sweet spot of weather from like Thanksgiving until like, yeah, until like after Easter Passover, um, then it starts getting pretty hot. So mm. we're spending all the time outside that we can. Uh, you're pretty temperate because it's the same all the way around, right? Like you don't have much variations. Yeah, no, it's like 15 degrees Celsius, 55 Fahrenheit right now. So it's pretty, pretty standard. I mean, I'm wearing shorts, but not everyone does. Um, but yeah, I was wearing shorts today. So I was reading on Reddit, somebody in Vancouver said that their standard outfit is shorts and then like a windbreaker. Like they wear like long sleeves and shorts. Would you, would you agree with that? Cause it sounds kind of like what you wear. Shorts and a windbreaker? Like, 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 like they wear long sleeves, they wear like long sleeves and shorts. Like that's their usual thing they wear. Mm. Because they said because the weather there is kind of like, it's kind of like kind of in between. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I I do sometimes wear wear like a longer sleeve thing. Most times I just wear short sleeves, though. I find my oh, okay. I usually run very warm, like just by oh, default. Okay. Like I, I'm usually the one that's radiating heat. Um, like probably right. probably that's somebody like... could start powering some homes with the energy that comes off me. But uh... <laughs> yeah, it's like we wake up. Michael's got like a like a thin blanket that's usually like not even on anymore, and I've got like my duvet and then i've yeah. got like a little crocheted thing your blanket and i've got a weighted blanket <laughs> like i'm like a mummy 100 percent. that's like me like when i go to bed i'm like not even under the the duvet half the time i just throw like yeah. a little blanket over top and it's more just to like keep me mildly warm but like yeah i, I don't need much to be warm so um Speaking of things being warm, things are heating up on Gilmore Girls. Huh? It is. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, we're here to talk about uh, season six, episode sixteen. We're like nearly at the end of season six. And... I know, and and we know that season seven is going to be interesting. Yes. So I'm kind of hanging on to season six as long as we can. <laughs> season six is definitely better than season seven. Although season seven has some moments that are decent. Um, okay. I know some people painted it as like, it's completely unfathomable, but like, I'm like, yeah, there's some moments that, that are nice, but mo- for the most part, I'm like, no, season seven's not that great. But uh, I've just been prepared for season, season seven being terrible. So I think mm-hmm. anything above terrible, I'll be probably impressed. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good way to go in with low expectations. Yeah. <laughs> so like no expectations. Yeah, no expectations, and when something happens that's decent, we can be like, oh, look at that. That was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, Lorelai and Christopher, they're attending a journalism panel uh, at Yale where Rory dazzles everyone in attendance with how smart she is and how she knows about journalism. Um, yeah. Because they uh, got a complete turnaround. So she's done this complete turnaround from, yeah, you know, she had her fall from grace, and now, inexplicably, she's already back in the swing of everything. Like, there's been no ramp up. 
You know I, I think mean? she like said that she was cramming like two semesters into one or something like that. But oh, yeah, yeah. I think that was about it. And like, I don't think she took off too much time. It's just a semester, right? Yeah, I think that was really it, which is not terrible. Like, she's and, you it know probably wouldn't warrant you doubling up. No, but, but it's also Rory, and she's probably like right. just a little bit too much of a. But to be the newspaper editor and take well, if she's doubling up, yes, then she's taking like maybe like if full credit is a minimum of nine, she's taking like eighteen credits, or she's taking, or she could be taking twenty eight, which is crazy. Well, remember um, in. Um, the previous season two or was it season four yeah it was season four where like she was getting overwhelmed and like she was taking like four courses mm -hmm. or something and i'm like oh whatever happened right. to that like you would think this would be even right. worse like part right. of what led to her having this whole thing was like she was getting overwhelmed and she's already back to being overwhelmed mm -hmm. and like okay right. and you don't see anybody kind of stopping her and going hey um tell me a little bit about you know why you feel this push to do all yeah. this and you know i don't we don't even know if she goes to the therapist anymore because we haven't seen the therapist i at all. i doubt it personally but what do you think do you think yeah, she I still goes and i keep going hmm? yeah. do you think she still goes i you never hear her talk about it and i would think that that would be a topic with her mom right yeah but would wouldn't think. it have been interesting to see her climbing back up you know like trying to climb out of that place she got herself into i thought that would have been interesting character development yeah, they don't really pay much attention. It's like, oh, she's already kind of back on top. She's back. So. Right. She's good. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. After the panel, Lorelai offers to look after Gigi, uh, Christopher's daughter. And, um, yeah, Gigi is not well behaved. Although, one would argue Christopher's behavior was much worse. Um, right. When Lorelai simply suggested that, like, you know, Gigi be a bit more disciplined, which I think, based on what I saw, was, like, pretty warranted. Um, I think she said it in a pretty calm way. Yeah, like, it wasn't too aggressive or anything. I didn't see judgment. No. I mean, she could have said it in a way that was pretty devastating, but I think she was... She was just stating facts, like, this is what happened. Yeah. And she's right, you know, she's raised a kid. Mm -hmm. And then you have Christopher kind of, like, going, you know, raising a kid's hard. And, you, and then it's like, they have this, like, interchange about, like, yeah, uh, you weren't here for your kid. Yeah. So, here's what I learned. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it just, yeah, uh, Christopher gets all upset when he's told that Gigi's not disciplined enough and he kind of acts out himself. It was pretty, pretty abysmal, but he acted kind of like Gigi. Yeah, he did. Didn't he? Um, and he even was like blaming the situation and all this. And I'm like, I don't know, dude. Like, I think it's a lot on you too. Like, right. yeah. Well, um, he was talking about the making up for, uh, Oh, Sherry making up for Sherry not being there. And I was thinking, you know what? You're also trying to make up for not being around for Rory. Yeah, that too. 100%. Uh, then we have another Fierce by the R word. What is it with this show and the R word? Oh, that was offensive. So. Yes. And even back then, that was a big no-no. So. 
it's it's shocking now. I mean, back then it was like, oh, that's in bad taste, but now it's now it's really problematic. Yeah, and I think it's also like contextual too. Like, not to say that word no. is ever good, but like in the context, it was much worse, in my opinion. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think it also spoke to the character of the the people that were that were, or the group of girls, women, mm-hmm. um, that they were talking to too. That they didn't really seem to care about other people's feelings. Like they all freely spoke about sleeping with Logan. Um, and you would think like just decorum, you would not talk about that, but yeah, well, yeah, especially when it's like, I, I don't believe that all of them would think it's okay to talk about that. Like I get maybe one, one of them thinking it was okay, but like they all just were like, yeah, me too. And it's like, uh, right. Not to excuse what Logan did because that's also awful, but like, right. But I didn't get the feeling, you know, like in some shows, like, um, I think of like uh, shows where they have like the person says, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm his ex girlfriend or my boyfriend, or whatever," um, and it's done as a way to like kind of upset the person. Mm-hmm. I think they really just didn't read the room. I didn't get the impression it was to they were they were actually like being kind to her, and to them it's no big deal. Yeah. Did you get the impression they were doing it to upset her? I didn't really get that impression, which usually in, in movies and TV shows it played out that way. No, I think they were doing it more because they were just were like, just, they, I think they just didn't exactly like know what they were getting into or what they were talking about. Like, right. Yeah. Also, they were drinking too. Maybe they sure. assumed that she had met people. Hmm? Yeah. Also too, like they were drinking too. So I imagine that doesn't really help either. Like, you're drinking you're definitely not making the right decisions either but okay um yeah uh and then yeah so um yeah it was the wedding and very yeah like that logan yeah definitely was with a few people it wasn't even just one person too it was a few like it was like at least three or four yeah of his sister's friends yeah, while they're broken up, it just all just is like, what the heck, Logan? What the heck? Right? Um, he's like, well, I love you. I just, you know, was lonely, and I'm like, well, there's other options, Logan. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and then uh, Rory, you know, kind of turns to Paris uh, to move in, tells Lorelai too that she's basically moved out from Logan, although. That doesn't last that long, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, um, and then so that's yeah, even more toxic. Yeah, and then there was also the subplot of Lane and Zach, which just ugh. so <laughs> uh, like Lane is heartbroken, quote unquote, over Zach. Although I don't know why, but uh, she's kind of still having an okay time in life, and. Then you've got Zach wants to get the band back together. And, and then some, because uh, he proposes to Lane, and she agrees to get married to him, which I'm like... Which, why? Like, you guys literally just had a pretty big fight, and it was over him being jealous that a bandmate wrote a song about you, and you want to get married to this guy? Like, And the bandmate's okay hanging out with him, too. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I'm like, did you... Were you not all there when this happened? Like... I'm just confused. 
but I don't see any like I still have a hard time coming up with any positive I mean usually I can find something positive about characters but I'm having a really hard time finding something that would make me go oh yeah totally marry Zach that's a good idea yeah uh, Zach doesn't really seem like the perfect type to be married but uh yeah, she agrees, and that's where we end the episode. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole time I'm just like, Liam, what are you doing? Don't do this. Like, I get dating Zach as, like, a rebellion against her mom, but, like, it seems weird that, like, she would be marrying Zach. But, yeah, so... Uh, this episode wasn't written by Daniel Paladino, which surprised me because with the really? R word joke, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's got to be by him. But no, he didn't even have his hands on this episode. It was written by Rebecca Rand Kirshner. No. Um, maybe she's related to Jared Kirshner. Maybe. And then uh, directed by Lindy Mendoza, who uh, Linda or Linda Mendoza. She hasn't directed many other episodes, but uh Rebecca Kirshner, she wrote quite a few different episodes throughout the show. Probably around like any of our favorites, hmm? ten or so. Not really, oh. not that many. No. Um, yeah, most of them tend to be filler episodes, from what it's, I can see. Yeah. So yeah, uh, who's your favorite, least favorite performance from this episode? favorite was um joel the guy that plays tambourine <laughs> zach's band yeah because zach left because he saw yeah yeah so zach left to because he saw lane you know put up the flyer for the drummer or whatever and so he's like joel like take over and i love like the enthusiasm he put into just playing the tambourine <laughs> yeah i like the episode and then also gil so sebastian bach doing hollaback girl and having a gila i thought that was great and Doyle, actually, I thought did a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. What about you? Uh, man. Uh, best performance. Oh, gosh. I hate to say this, but I kind of like Zach in this episode. What? I know. Okay. I know. Here's my thing. I felt like we actually kind of saw him have a bit of an arc, and you kind of see him, like, kind of seeing the error of his ways i still think he's a problematic character but i was also like he's doing okay like he he was doing a little bit better i don't think it redeems what he's done before but i just thought it was interesting that we took there was a lot of time with zach as like the main character of this episode he wasn't the main character but there was a lot of emphasis on zach this episode i mean understandably so because it builds up to what it builds up to but still i it thought worst. I thought he did a, a good job of portraying Zach as just somebody who's just like, I don't know, a little bit lost. A little lost? Yeah. I don't know. I was like, this is a, this is probably as good as it's going to get for Zach. Hate to say it, but probably is the case. Um, Lane's a great catch, right? Yes. So, um, and I, you know, I kind of wonder what his family's like. So that's the therapist to me. Well, what's, how did he grow up? Like, what is his, what is his family like? Mm -hmm. I mean, I have so many questions, but I could have yeah. done his worst performance. <laughs> yeah. And then, I don't know, probably worse. I kind of feel like I didn't like Paris this episode. She felt 
a little bit much at times. Aw, yeah. Yeah. Just felt a little too exaggerated for me. Uh, but That's also gotta for... be a hard part to play, too, you know? Yeah, but also, too, for best, I'll say uh, Gil. Because I just like Gil. Mm -hmm. Gil's just great. He's... He's, he's except he said some weird stuff at the at the bat mitzvah yeah. for the girls, right? Like that was weird, so that's a little problematic. But overall, like you know, I mean, I think the most beloved characters are the the dog, Gil, the, the kid that was in the Broadway shows that went mm -hmm. to Dalton, you know, the one that Paris was teasing. Yeah, Brad, Brad. I think those are like the three that I'm like you cannot you cannot criticize those characters. No. <laughs> No, Gil's just perfect. Maybe he's not right. a perfect I person, but he's a... stuff he said about Mitzvah was weird. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay. And I uh, like his attitude, too. He's like, he's like, it's a gig. Any gig is a good gig, kind of, you know? This is true. Um, okay. And uh, let's see here. We got favorite reference. Do you have a favorite reference from this episode? So, um... So when they're talking about the newspaper or the heels she was wearing to the newspaper thing, um, she said, I'm wearing my Maureen Dowd heels. Um, Maureen Dowd's a columnist. Um, so that has a journalism thing to it. And then Dorothy Parker, that's when she's at the bar with um, Doyle. And Dorothy Parker was kind of like the gossip columnist. I can't even think of a modern equivalent um, that would be that well-known just for gossip. So... Mm. That's kind of a real throwback because Dorothy Parker was kind of active in like the 40s, 50s. Yeah. So, how about you? Uh, this is going to sound really dumb, but maybe not. But Zach's trying to like relate to what was the other guy's name? I always forget his name, but he's Brian? the guy with the glasses. Brian. Oh, yeah. So the other unproblematic character in the series. Yeah. Yes. Brian. Uh, who's probably a better match for Lane, to be honest. Yeah. I would like if he wrote that song. It actually got laid to think maybe it should be with Brian, not with Zach, but uh, that's not going to happen. But I, they were talking and he said how uh, Zach told him that he got to the final level of Soul Calibur 3. And I just remember when I was a teenager, we played that game a lot. So I was like, you know what? This is probably the most realistic reference they've made so far is that these two, well, not teenagers, but like, borderline teenagers are playing that this video game that i buy what was the name of the game soul soul caliber 3 it was like a fighting game back in the day oh yeah so i was like you know what i buy that they would be playing this 100 percent. Hmm. i think the game came out in 2005 so it would have been around the same time as the show oh okay so it was like brand new yeah because this was filmed, what, in 2006? Or it came out in 2006, this episode? This episode, yeah, was like February February 2006. So it wouldn't have been mm -hmm. that uncommon that they would have probably been playing the game for 2005 because it would have just come out not that long ago. Yeah, besides the showing the technology, these episodes are pretty timeless. Yeah. I do argue that like the later seasons do kind of get a bit more dated. Um, like, I think it was this episode or next, like... Rory's standing near these speakers that are like silver. They just look su like super 
mid 2000s logan's cd player with the five c i remember that cd player yeah you know what i mean like it's stuff like that where i'm just like oh yeah but i think when they're in stars hollow for sure but when she leaves stars hollow starts going to university it's like oh gosh you're starting to show your age a little bit right so okay um yeah what was your favorite quote for this episode I like the kind of, um, there's so much love between uh, Rory and Lorelai that they can joke about, about things. And I think that, um, that when they were, when she was going up on stage to do her newspaper thing, um, Lorelai said, just remember, if things don't go well, we'll stop loving you. (laughs) So that's hilarious because when you have that unconditional love and you know, it's there, you can joke about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's when it's when you kind of question it that you go, ooh, but yeah. you just know that they're just being silly with each other, and then and then Doyle's saying like it's terrible when you love them, and I thought, wow, that's true. You know, like somebody that that you love do- behaves badly. You know, when you love somebody, it's it's so much harder than if it's just like somebody you know that you don't really have feelings for. You know. Yes. It's terrible when you love them. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, there was two instances where somebody asked, or uh, Rory told someone that they were that she was either moving out of Logan's apartment or breaking up with him. The first instance was Doyle, and she says, "I have to move out of Logan's apartment." Doyle asks why, and then she says, "Because Logan had too many blondes for Thanksgiving." Right. Yeah. Uh, and then she says something similar later with Paris, where she says, "Where uh, she, Rory says Logan and I broke up today. I'm moving out." Paris is how common and then she says he cheated on me with an entire wedding party. So, right. Yeah, I was just like, oh, they, they kind of had some similarities there, but I thought it was kind of cute, mm-hmm. kind of funny. Right. And the way they built up too to the um, to the reveal that they were talking about, yeah, they're like talking about the the different good looking people in the wedding party and to watch out for this guy because he's, mm-hmm. you know, terrible. Um, and that was like, oh, they're gonna get around and talk. Logan, aren't they? But I thought I thought it was a good build up to that reveal because it was almost like they weren't going to bring him up, but you kind of knew they were. Yeah. Did you notice like they were like bring? And I was like, oh, don't bring up Logan. I'm like, but you know it's not. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really good build up to that that whole dialogue. Yeah, a hundred percent. They're like, oh, they're not going to bring up Logan because you know they know that that's her boyfriend. Oh no, they're totally going to bring up. Nope, they haven't brought up him. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, uh, and what was your favorite? Uh, or no, we did both. Uh, we did the quotes and a reference. Like uh, scenes trivia. Let's see. Uh, what is there for trivia in this episode? There's probably got to be something. Let me pull it up here and see. Sebastian Bach and the actress that played Lane are only five years apart in real life. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the K- Kiko Ajana, I think, is her name. Is that yeah. the right name? Okay. Mm-hmm. Five years apart. Because uh, she's, she's almost 50 now, I think. Mm. Uh, she's mine. So, uh, actress called Samantha Shelton. She was one of the bridesmaids. She had actually, she's been on the show previously. She played a different character, though. She was in an episode from season two, which was presenting Laura Like Elmore. That was when uh, Rory went to the debutante ball. Uh, and she played mm, one of the fellow mm. debutantes. So, ah. yeah. So we've seen her before. Um, 
So Kiko Ajana was born in 1973, Sebastian Bach 1968. That's crazy. That's pretty wild. Yeah. I think it's more like Lane looks really young for her age. Like really young. Mm -hmm. Well, I think they did a good job with costuming too. With yes. Her makeup and hairstyle. 100%. Uh, plus I think that because she's a little shorter too, like it does help kind of sell her as being younger. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah. Uh... Let's see. Oh, uh, an actress called Nassim Pedrad was uh, oh, yeah. the waitress that Rory rudely interacts with. Um, and then oh, she would I thought later she looked familiar from, yeah. Saturday Night Live, yeah. So. Yeah. I thought she looked familiar. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, she's been on a few shows, too. But, uh, yeah. I think she's most known for Saturday Night Live. Um, Doyle talked to Paris about watching Saw 2, uh, and Scott Patterson plays Luke, would later play uh, a character that appears in Saw's 4, 5, and 6. Really? Yeah. That came out later? Yes. Out yeah, I think it came out like a few years after Gilmore Girls ended. Huh. Um, let's see. I think that's pretty much it. Um, oh, well, uh, the, this is more of a, a different kind of take on the trivia, but uh, there was an actor that appears in the show, uh, Oliver Muirhead, and uh, he appeared in a, in a few episodes of Gilmore Girls, uh, including, I think, this episode. And even though he was in the show, him and Danny Masterson also appeared in, um, or Danny Strong, sorry. Uh, they both appeared in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the show, but they never shared scenes in the show. So, so who's, who's the other person? Uh, the actor's name is Oliver yeah. Muirhead. But Danny Strong? I, I forget who, who's that? Uh, he's Doyle. Oh, because he, he went on, so Doyle went on to be a writer, producer, or something, right? Yeah. Director. I think he did uh, Empire. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, the other guy, he's in, he was just in this episode. But he played a character called Arthur Gordon. So. Okay. Any uh, mental health stuff from this episode? I think I saw a little bit of Doyle enabling Paris when he was talking to Rory about her behavior. Um, there's a part mm. of it that seems like he is kind of sticking out for himself and what his needs are, but I also noticed that he kind of writes it off as, oh, she's just being Paris, when she's got some problematic behavior. I mean, it, it, that keeping someone awake thing, uh, if it's done on purpose, that's a form of psychological torture. Uh, keeping someone awake um, that's actually can be a form of domestic violence mm. so um, because if somebody's trying to get power and control over someone if they're sleep deprived um, and that gives them a lot of power to decide if someone sleeps or not so so that kind of made me think about that when she was keeping him awake but i wasn't clear as to whether she was doing it on purpose or she was just going through some stuff and being remarkably loud but my guess is doyle told her to stop and she kept going so at that stage you know is it abusive Mm. that he said you know you're being too loud at night and she just keeps going and what one of them was even she was playing music or something while he was sleeping 
Mm-hmm. And again, that's, you know, that can be a form of domestic violence. Yeah. For form of torture. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Christopher, and we talked about, you know, he's making up for Sherry's parenting, he says, but he's also trying to make up for parenting Rory, too. Um, and, you know, and you see that Christopher doesn't set limits. And, yeah. but I think the behavior that, that we saw from, from Gigi went a little bit beyond just a kid not having limits. Yeah. Um, there was a real kind of belligerentness to it. So you kind of wonder how often is she just unattended? If, you know, we know that Christopher kind of flits around doing different things and the, the, the nannies have all quit and she can't get into a preschool. Right. So Mm -hmm. how much time is she actually like being watched? Yeah. There was a there's part of her behavior that just seemed like she was unsupervised. Yeah. No, and I got that impression too. Like I get the impression that she probably has nannies that are probably very unattentive. Because why would they if, she, if they can keep a nanny? Yeah. yeah. And I just get the feeling that Christopher, you know, sometimes that that kind of like absentness like sticks around. You know, like he wasn't there at all for Rory. Um, mm-hmm. And then what makes us think that all of a sudden he's going to be a great dad just because he thinks he's going to be mm-hmm. i mean people change but you see like the way he reacted when laura like called him out like you said he really reacted inappropriately yeah all right uh i think it's time to give this episode a score what do you think for a score a six i thought it was one of the better episodes of the season what do you think yeah this is one of the probably better episodes of this season but still not by much um yeah i I also just noticed too like the season like everyone just seems miserable like it doesn't have that fun charm of the other seasons like everyone just seems miserable or unhappy um and yeah Yeah. as much as oh sorry go ahead no no i was agreeing with you uh and then also too like it's just painful to watch lane basically sealing her fate with sack and i'm like oh uh it gets worse by the way it gets much worse because then uh, you find out mom's endorses sorry then you find out mom has endorses lane's mom is is for this oh yeah the next episode yeah me too so mm-hmm. so uh i'd give this a five out of ten yeah, it's right in the middle. Mediocre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Compared to the other seasons we've seen, yeah. Yeah, it's not as good as, like, basically seasons one through four are for me like pretty good, and then season five's okay, and then season six starts to be where it really dips, and then yeah, season seven's. Season seven does have some interesting things going on, but it's a lot of stuff that people will be like, "Oh my gosh, what are they doing?" Like not following character development. Yes. So. Okay. So I, I mean, it's almost like it hit its peak with they shoot Gilmore's, don't they? That um, marathon dance episode. It's almost like it hit its peak with that, and then it started slowly kind of declining. I, I, yes. I mean, I think for me, it probably peaks in season four, personally, because mm-hmm. I think season when was that episode? Oh, season four was when like it was like Rory's first year at college, and mm-hmm. that was when like. We started to get a bit more of like Luke and Lorelai kind of like sealing their relationship. And the big finale for that one right. was the one where they had the test run at the end. So, 
I, I personally think season four is where it starts to dip, but it's interesting that, yeah, you say they shoot Gilmore Stilvey because, yeah, that's a that's a pretty popular episode, though. So, A test run? What, what's the, at the last episode, the last part of season four is what? Uh, when they were doing that, like, test run at the end, they had everyone over to, like, basically see how the end ran. Yeah. And that's when... Yeah. Oh, um, that was season four? Yeah, that was wow. season four. Yeah. That's when Digger showed up and we're all like, what are you doing? Wow. Yeah. That could have been season four. Yeah. All right. Oh, Digger. Well, Steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com. Gaslighting is her book and Talking Brains is her other podcast. And I'm over at threeingreennerds.com where almost every other day we have new content going up. And with that said, we'll new see you New book on... coming out, by the way. Oh, what's the name of the new book? Healing from Toxic Relationships. So you can, So I would actually give them to some of the characters in the show. So it there comes out go. in July. I think so Rory... once you're leaving or considering leaving, what do you do to rebuild? There you go. Healing from Toxic yep. Relationships. Yep. Perfect. Well, and I'm over at threeingreennerds.com where, yeah, almost every other day we have new content going up. And with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Bye.